1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. In 1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. Hello and welcome to episode 137 of the 77 Club. Harry, start with the socials. The Wall 77 Club on Facebook and Instagram at 77 Club Podcast on Twitter iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Please subscribe and review. Dan Bayliss is here. Hello, Wolves fans. Jack Williams. Hello, fans. And five years since David Bowie died, he talks about a young American. We've got a middle-aged one <laughs> or late, middle, middle-aged to a late-aged one, is it? What's life expectancy over there? It must be much lower than here. <laughs> much lower. i got another 10 years. Aaron Eversall uh, <laughs> over in the United States. Uh, what's it looking like over there, Aaron? Hey, it's not too bad. A little bit chilly, but not too bad. Thanks for having me, boys. No, you're welcome. More than welcome. Uh, look, we're going to start with the Everton game. I know nobody wants to particularly talk about it, but we have just recorded uh, the away perspective, and now I feel much more confident going forward. Harry, let's start with Everton. Uh, it's a loss. It feels numb. Um, lots to talk about. What were the main talking points for you? Well, the main talking point was Adama being injured from the start. Seeing Gibbs White in the team, I was like, wow, like what, what's going to happen here? My confidence just dropped instantly. I just didn't fancy us. But after going 1-0 down, 
I was thinking that's it. They're just going to go on and cruise control, beat us. But we we really responded well and obviously got the goal. Had a lot of chances. For some weird reason, Fabio Silva was on the left and Gibbs White was like playing in the middle, which I had no idea why. And second half was just woeful, wasn't it? Um, I like the way we responded, but then the second half was woeful and two naive mistakes defensively cost us the result. And then it was meltdown on social media yet again. Bates, what did you think of that starting eleven when you saw it? Because, I mean, we just were like, what is going on? Obviously, not knowing about Adama until before the game was strange. He's obviously sticking with Silver, which that's his decision. Neither of them looked much of a threat or looked like they're going to score a goal between him or Catrone, given Catrone's Florentina uh, performances. It was just a mixed bag. You could feel that Wolves were going to have to fight for it. I thought we had a good 35 minutes. And that was it. We didn't turn up for the first 10. We were superb until half time. And then second half, lost the plot. Didn't even look in the game. I want to talk about the goal, Jack, and, and bring Bayliss in because I think it's the uh, Semedo fan club, obviously, that we're going to kick off with <laughs> that. It's just, uh, what did you think of the Everton goal? Who was to blame? Or was it just a good passage of play from Everton? It was a decent passage of play from Everton. I mean, you can, there's no single one member of the team to blame. I don't think, I know a lot of people were saying on social media that um, potentially it was Samedo's fault for not getting tight enough. But then also there should have been people following the runner at the top of the box who ultimately score. It was a good goal. It was one touch football in the back of the net, wasn't it? But the bigger problem here is just why do we keep giving teams a one goal head start? Why are we always chasing the game? Because then we come back into it and then it just gets taken away from us again and it's just we can't keep doing this it's not good enough we need to get back to being really hard to break down and not just giving away soft goals particularly in, in early on in the game and it's just it's just that's going to be our downfall and it's just annoying really and just I don't know it just seems like it's happening far far too frequently and it's like we get into a habit now and we know we're going to have a relatively poor first Top performance and give give teams the one goal head start and end up chasing the game. Go over to our wing back correspondent. Uh, he was in a right back berth this time, Dan. I know you want to get get it out against Samedo. I'm going to let you have your stage. Right, firstly, it was a good passage of play by Everton. There's no taking away from that. It was a nice passing move. It happened quite quickly. The issue I had is that the way we set up and the way that Samedo drew himself into a centre back role playing at right back when they're on the opposite side of the pitch. It let them pick up a free ball in the middle. Now, if, if speculative crosses are coming to the box, that's the point you deal with it, is when the ball's coming in. Samedo had got himself far too narrow, so he was playing in that centre-back position, and he couldn't get up to clear the ball away. And that's where I felt that Everton opened us up. The, it must be something that how Nuno set the formation up, because there's no reason for him to be that tight. There wasn't another Everton player within 50 square metres of where he was stood. The only player it could have gone to was the one over the back of his head, who had an easy free touch in the box and laid off a nice ball. Fair enough, there was no marking on the back of it and it was a good finish. But Wolves looked very open in the first six minutes of that game and got destroyed. And the point we should have cleared the ball is Smedo actually marking a man, not marking 50 square yards of fuck all. Uh, Aaron, I don't know if it looked like you were trying to hold what you were trying to say in there, whether that's just your resting face. Um, but I, I want you just to, to respond to Bayless there. Yeah, I, well, it's just typical Bayless. He, he picks on one guy. There's a lot of guys that had a rough game. Um, we're trying a new system. We're blaming guys out there that we all know shouldn't be out there. They're out there because of injury. We've got a lot of people like Bayless on Twitter, all the analysts who have probably – 
you know, simulated us in football manager to get to the Champions League with this team, and they know better than Nuno. But the, the, the issue is this isn't Wolves right now. Uh, we're trying a new system. We had more possession than Everton. First time we've done that in any time we've played them since we've been back. We had some good passages to play. We've got guys out there that aren't supposed to be out there. So the mistakes I expect, um, and and I'm just waiting for the team to, to come back, but picking on one guy, that's just typical Bayless when there were but, plenty but we of can only analyze, We can only analyze what's in front of us, can't we? We can only talk about the game that happened. Yes, the injuries are bad. We've all spoken about that at length. Sure. It's clearly not a full-strength Wolves team. Yeah, but you go we after the be, same guy every time. We have to be, yeah, but it's the same guy making the same mistakes. It's not. He had, he had a decent oh, game, Dan. He had yeah, a decent, he did have a decent game. Like, and also, I blame, I kind of blame uh, Neves and Dunker for not tracking Awobi on that goal. I didn't even think of Samedo, really, until Bayless pointed out. And I looked at it and I was a bit like, that is really picking something out of nowhere just to try and blame Samedo for that how, first goal. No, it's, it's, like, it's just so how mad open we are, Harry. Yeah, but you blame so, Samada. You didn't mention like Neves yeah, and then Duncan. Where's the point, for where's the the point to clear the danger? Where's the point in that build-up of play to clear stop the, the switch of the ball when James Rodriguez yes. switched <laughs> it? Why are we not tackling no, him you there? Stop the like, switch, whoever's you stop the switch the, the ball the when someone lumps one into the opposite side of the box. A good defender gets up and heads it away. But they they, they play triangles round them on that side before they even got that pass away. It was all first touch they were, they were as well. They pinged out yeah, it was a great bit of passing. So Samada was saying that's good. You know what I mean? Like it's harsh to blame him for that first. You're not listening. That's good football. That I'm not listening to you talking pattern. shite. That's all. I'm not. I'm talking complete <laughs> sense. Good one-touch football. The only bit that was loose was a big hooping ball into the box. And we've let a guy take it big down. Big looping ball is a great pass by James Rodriguez. That is not a looping ball. That's a great pass. Yeah, and a, bloke's been, and a, and a bloke's been allowed to just pick his spot. But what's he supposed a to bloke's, do? A bloke's like, the ball has just sailed over Smedo's head by 10 foot. He's got nowhere else to be on the pitch. He needs to grow he a bit then. He? he hasn't got to mark anyone. He grow 10 foot. <laughs> like, yeah, nothing but, else to do there. It's like the second goal again. The bloke was just stood in the box. He just sort of went, oh, yeah. You can't be blaming so Tomato for the second there. one. It was like, Tomato for the second it's goal. It's just a nothing match. Sason was stood by Keane. Tomato was nowhere near. The there were Keane three blokes. There were three players all on Keane. Are you blaming Tomato again for that no, second goal? No, I'm not. Honestly, no, I'm, I'm not. To turn off I'm, now. I'm not. You've got to let me finish. Tomato <laughs> was at the front. Sace was jumping with him. Eight Nori was behind him. None of them got close. None of them got close, but at least eight Nori and Sace left the ground. Samedo went, oh, oh my it wasn't God. his man. Oh my God. It wasn't Bayless. his man. You can't even it? bring Samedo into the equation for the second goal, mate. That is ridiculous. That is ridiculous. The bloke's man. pap. The bloke's absolutely pap. No, you've, you've he just can't even agenda. control the ball. He can't even control the ball on a sideline. That was shockingly poor. I agree. Dinghy is a <laughs> defender who had him on toast all, all night. Did? He had, he, I agree. He had a Honestly, right, behind, behind Neves and maybe Den Dunker, I thought Samedo was probably like our third best player on the night overall. I, I can't believe to compensate for my, for my dislike. I'm not. I'm not. I thought he, he got well forward no. well and created a lot of chances, crossed him. And if Fabio Silva could finish his dinner, he'd have got an assist as well. He had a couple of fantastic runs. I'll give some out of that. Well, there we go. There we go. That's more like it. Yeah. I'm always going to be fair, but you've got to, you've got to start asking why walls are getting yeah. opened up so much. But this is, this has come full circle because you originally blamed Samedo for not getting forward enough. For now, you're blaming defensively. You're blaming for something, whatever happens. When we can't score goals, it's one error that loses Wolves a game. And, and, it, keeps and it keeps happening. Was it? Well, Tomato wasn't the it was main reason about that we lost that game. Yeah, exactly. Tomato, it's not Tomato's fault we lost that game. A lot of yeah, things happened. Well done. We were, we were poor in many places. That first goal was avoidable. We just talked about the goal and the wing-backs. That's why I'm talking about Tomato. I think that first goal was avoidable. And it was because the guy that plays at right-back that marks the wingers running down Bought himself into the middle, got too narrow, and the ball got pumped but over. It's because the, the ball's on the other side. You drift over, don't you? He's, he, yeah, otherwise, he's he a massive space. In yeah, the, but he in drifted so tight area. with no with no other feasible danger there 
he got so tight that it just meant it was not a simple cross. It was a bloody good ball, but I it, mean, was, I, it was a cross if, that could be picked up in the box by an opposition player. You cannot let the opposition have free touches unmarked in your box. That is a recipe for absolute He disaster. was outside the box when he crossed it, by the I, way. I don't know what you saying he was in the, edge of the edge of the box. Yeah. I've got a question for Dan here. Dan, which of these Nelsons would you rather have, uh, apart from Nelson Semedo? Would you rather have Nelson Frazier Jr., uh, the American pro wrestler, uh, <laughs> than, or Nelson Semedo? Which one? I'd rather have Nelson fucking Mandela. <laughs> That was top of my list. There really aren't that many people. Nelson Rockefeller, the American businessman, would you have him over Nelson Tomato? I don't know of him. Uh, Nelson Cruz. I'll have a ratio, Nelson. Does that count? Of course you'd have him, wouldn't you? That's very Brexity. Um, Dan, Dan, Nelson Tomato isn't the reason this team is 17th in goal scoring. No, no, it's not. You want to point to one problem with... But you've picked on the same guy all season while we are the 17th goal scoring team in the league. And it's just... Yeah, I mean, we've talked more about Tomato. We're ignoring the fact that Morgan Gibbs-White was playing up front. <laughs> well, I was going to say that. Can, can, we, just, can so we just like think about that for a minute? We're t- Harry, we're talking about square pegs, round holes, people that aren't expected to be there. Aaron picked up on that point there. Is it helping Fabio Silva by him playing on the left? I, I've, honestly, it absolutely baffled me. I didn't get it. Like when I seen it, I was like looking at the screen. I was rubbing my eyes. Like, is that? Am I really seeing that? Like, why is Morgan Gibbs White from the middle? Why not have Fabio Silva at front and Gibbs White in the hole behind him where he likes to play? That's his preferred p- position. That's where he's dangerous when he wants to be. So. It's mad because Fabio Silva's confidence is absolutely shot. He took too long for Nuno to bring Catrone on. They scored the second, then he brought him on. It was too late. You know what I mean? Mm. So I'd probably play Catrone against the Albion coming up, which we'll get onto. And I do feel sorry for Fabio Silva, man. He's got a massive price tag on his head. He's not good enough at the moment. That's true to see. But the stick he gets, which we've been guilty of it, we've criticised him, is pretty harsh. He he just looks really unconfident. And that chance he had where he like side-footed it straight down the middle, if it's a bit to the left, it goes bottom corner. There's things like that. And I don't know, man. I just feel sorry for him. And playing him out on the left is not going to help him. We know that when Wolves put out the graphic of the team, that the team as it is in that formation isn't the one that Nuno's playing. But we were all trying to work out where each player was playing. And I can't work out where they were. So the back four, that that kind of actually does speak for itself. But Jack, if we look at Dendonka, Neves, Matinho, Gibbs-White, all you'd say probably central midfielders where where do they fit in the pitch what what was Nuno's thinking around I, I couldn't work it out either and the thinking behind it is oh gold we've got a lot of injuries how can we make this work somehow because I thought at first maybe Neto's playing behind Silver or something but even that turned out to be wrong and nobody really could quite work out the, the formation at all and and that's a worry, really, isn't it? It's a worry that we've got the, these players and we just haven't got the squad depth. The bench, again, is just looking like a joke, even oh, now, man. though we've recorded players. And it's just, it's worrying leading into such a big game Saturday that we've now finally looking sort of threadbare, really. Um, but playing players out of position, like Silver, who you need a goal or need something. And I don't blame Silver for this because you're saying about people who've been critical of him and I'm starting to get quite critical of him, but I don't really blame him because he's wasn't expected to be playing, starting every game. He's only 18 years old. He's just moved to a new country, new style of football. And the problem isn't him. The problem is the lack of squad depth and the small squads Nuno's been working with. And there has to be some blame there to thinking that we just get through a whole Premier League season, challenge for Europe with one senior striker, and that's Jimenez. And now we've lost Jimenez and the supporting cast as well across the pitch. It's looking looking dire and it's quite worrying, really. And 
Fabio Silva's Fabio Silva's getting a lot of stick, uh, quite rightly so, because he is you know missing opportunities, but it's not all his fault. Bailey's bringing you on there. I think you had something to say. No, I just wanted to sort of come off the back of that because Jack's right in what he's saying. The amount of injuries is affecting it, and that's why I'm being so critical of certain senior Samedo. players. Do you wish <laughs> Samedo was injured? I'd rather have Rally Menez than Semedo, put it that way. But well, yeah, saying, I think that's pretty obvious. There, are, there, is, there, is a, there is a senior group of players that have to be held accountable because you can't expect too much from the young kids. We have to give them their chance. It's not going to come straight away. We're going to have rough results. We're all happy with that. I'm not what makes moaning. A senior, what makes a senior player, though, because Nelson Semedo has come in this season, is he? would you count him as a, as a senior player having played under 20 games? I'm counting as a senior player the fact that I think he's won the Spanish League, the Copa del Rey. He's played in a European Championship. I think he's been to a World Cup. Um, that's a pretty good criteria for a senior player. It's not bad um, someone who's shit either, is it? <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea how he's done that. Basically by wearing the badge of Barcelona, I think. So players like Neves, Cody, Patricio in goal, then Donka when he's fit. Matisse. They're, yeah, they're the players that you have to look at their performance every week in depth and make sure they're doing their role correctly every time. One mistake from one of them is the end of our game because the kids are going to make mistakes and you have to accept that. Silva might not score goals. Silva might look lost on the pitch, but he'll get better. Whereas the senior players are someone that's got to do it consistently because they're in the prime of their career. They're, not, they're probably not going to get better. They need to be good now. And Wolves have got to deal with that. And it's going to be an issue that probably haunts us now for the rest of the season without having some key names back. So you've got to be overly critical of those senior players because without that, then it does start to look really dodgy. I want to talk about some positives. Uh, the first positives <coughs> is Ruben Neves being in the box and scoring a class volley, Aaron. It, it was just, you, you never see him there. It was a sublime finish. Yeah, uh, amazing. Yeah, I give it a little bit too. It was kind of off a corner, which has been the you know the way we scored. The corner came in. They, he stayed in the box. I don't think that was some new tactic where he's going to be there very often. I think it came up. Yet another goal where we had to score something off the set play, but an exceptional finish. Nice, good cross and, and hard. Amazing finish by him. I wish we saw it more. And and it kind of goes back to Jack's point. We put all the pressure on this team on strikers a lot. Yes, we're short on strikers. We need Neves. We need those guys to score more. But other teams live when their strikers are hurt too. And some are short, but they're attacking midfielders and their wingers make up the break and score goals. And we just haven't had that. Our midfielders have not scored in three seasons. Um, we only on strikers, one or two, and a wing back or two to put in basically all our goals. I think that's just being exposed. And we can blame it on the lack of strikers. But I, I think it's Neves has to do more. I think Matinho has to do more. The other teams are making up those goals with attacking midfielders and Wolves have never been able to do that. Aaron, you bang on. Every good team that cemented themselves and got into that top bit of the Premier League have always had two proper goal scorers. You're seeing it now with Son and Kane. You saw it with Cole and York. You know, there's always a, a combo of two players getting your goals. Wolves relied on one and then lost Jottery was sort of picking up goals intermittently and now we're down to who's going to get them for us and that's that you're completely right that is a big big problem one of the key things actually just from last night as well is thinking of the opposition 
is where were their strikers? Exactly. And they managed, yeah. to, they managed to score two goals away from home. If we scored two goals away from home every game, even with strikers, I'd be happy. Yeah, Sigarsson was up front on his own, wasn't he, for them? No Cavalier. I think Rick Charleston came off the bench. He was he was unfit, yeah, he wasn't he? But Neves, talking about Neves, it was a good little finish. Obviously, it was an open goal. He had to put it away, but still, he did it. But he was brilliant again. He was brilliant against Palace. He controlled the game against Palace. He could have scored another derby wonder goal, couldn't he, when it like, flew over. He yeah, could have a free he, kick. And I think we've, we've really criticised Neves, haven't we? previously like a few weeks ago and he has really come into his own the last few games and if he can keep this up it'll be good because we need him to we really do since Sam started slagging him off he's been <laughs> yeah. past, basically is what's happening and he's been so much better yeah, <laughs> yeah. so he clearly listens but do you notice the weird thing though he started he sort of started doing that Jimenez thing where Nevers has been standing on the keeper for corners oh really you notice that and good. like you're thinking that he's the guy you put like outside the D but he was in the box for the corners all the time, which is obviously why he scored. But it just seems a bit weird. You think you put him at the top of the box, wouldn't you? Particularly when he's he seems to be now taking free kicks and stuff. But Bayliss, how good is Pedro Neto? Very. I, I uh, Jack, do you think we can keep? Do you think we're going to keep holding? That's so one thing you're saying is that I hope because we're being so poor this season, you're worried he might leave. Do you think that is the case? Some of his touches last night were just incredible. And he did seem the one player who was going to make things happen and didn't give up. I was so worried when he went down injured because yeah. you're just thinking, hang on, we're going to end up having to play the Albion for the first time in however many years it is with no wingers when we're known for how good our <laughs> Jack, wingers are. <laughs> I would say Eight Nori looked very good going forward. He had a bit of twinkle toes and beat a few In the first half, he well. thought, I think Eight Nori was very, very good in the first half, but then faded away a little bit. But He's he's definitely got something about him. He's just uh, the first half reminded me of when he the game against Palace when he when he made his uh, proper starting debut. And yeah. he's definitely got something about him. Yeah. Sadly, he's like a piss in the wind when he goes back when we're defending. That's the that's the big issue. He's a bit of a mixed bag, isn't he? Yeah. Harry, man of the match. Ah, oh, Ruben Neves, mate. Really good. He was everywhere. Bayliss, Samedo. <laughs> I'll give it eight Nori. Eight Nori, man of the match. Jack. <laughs> to be honest, I was so annoyed. I was so angry. I was so angry. I couldn't. I. I didn't think about it after. So I haven't really. You're too at busy it, like, watching like Samedo come back, weren't you, to watch <laughs> any anything you thought you could find? Uh, Jack, man of the match. It's ne- It's definitely Neves. Yeah. It's, it's not a question. Neves, not even close. Bayless, you're killing me. <laughs> I just don't want to be different, was it? There's no fun in a podcast where everyone goes, oh yeah, fucking never. Yeah, you do, you well, do if, it. if it's right, yes. Yeah, if it's right, you say it, don't you? <laughs> no, I, was just trying to, I was just trying to bring something different to it, but I won't in the future. Silly boy. <laughs> right, okay, let's turn our attention to the biggest game of the season for me. It is West Brom. The away perspective. What have our opponents got to say? Okay, joined by uh, two Albion fans by looks things, Ali Handley, and also Timu Puki has made his uh, trip from <laughs> Norwich uh, to join us as well. Here he is in his uh, yellow and green Ali shirt, Liam Wood, uh, as well. Uh, gents, I just want to ask you to begin with, to start with you, Liam, how nervous are you about Saturday? Yeah, to be honest, I'm, I was more nervous about doing this podcast when you ask, you know, when, when I saw the six when I saw the six. Is it windows, the beard? Yeah, it was the beer, that yeah. Is reason, yeah. Well, I, I saw the six winners one, I thought, it's not really 5-1, but then I realised Wolves fans don't like 5-1, so <laughs> um, as soon as I saw that I had some company with Ali, the nerves dropped a little bit. And Liam, you know I don't hold a grudge and stuff, but I reckon 10 years ago we had an argument about uh, who went to the best university <laughs> doing journalism, and I just wanted to know um, how you're doing in journalism these days, so from one newsreader at a huge media company to another. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think my sort of my career in journalism sort of took a downhill dive when I decided I liked money more than 
I speak to you now from one of my seven rooms of my house and I'm <laughs> I noticed you've got no lights on over there is that is that something to do with the journalism job or is that just a, an artistic choice <laughs> no the no room. it's good it's good for the sound breathing uh, in my share in my shared accommodation uh, excellent uh, Ali how are you doing are you nervous about the weekend oh god I couldn't tell you mate it's uh, it's a big one for me it's massive oh, I don't know if it's my journalism internet that's not very good or uh, Ali's it's not very good but I didn't get much of that but I don't know if it's for anyone else it was alright no, it wasn't. It's no, I didn't give it. Okay, right. What's well, the same? I'll just go back to your question there, Sam. I realised I didn't really yeah. answer it very well. I think at the start of the season, I was nervous about playing Wolves based on how you performed last season. But even though your form has dropped significantly from last season, seeing where we are as a club at the minute, there's no, there's no real pressure, to be honest, because it's the results in the field are secondary to what's going on in the background, if you know what I mean. you know, And results like 5-0 at Leeds, 5-1 at Crystal Palace, these sorts of results, I mean it's not like we're going to compete in the Premier League anyway. So it's to be thinking about getting a result from Sony finished seventh last year isn't really a priority. We'll go to Ali again. We'll, we'll see if we can get some, some sort of connection going there. Uh, Ali, what sort of team would you be playing against Wolves? Is that any better? Um, I don't know. I've moved moved closer to the wide. These Albion fans can't right afford so. the internet, can they? That's the thing. They're no. no. <laughs> um, I don't know, to be honest. I'd, well, I think you know what you're going to get with Big Sam, don't you? I mean... Nearly every game is set up in so far. It's been like some sort of six, four, nothing. And we just seem to get overrun in the midfield every sort of game. And just not, we don't even seem to have any sort of like defensive organisation still. You know, even after a few weeks, you'd expect to have something. But no, I, like I said, I'm just not hopeful at all. Don't like the way he sets up for games. I don't like, I mean, he got a bit of praise for what he did against Liverpool, but I think, to be honest, it was more how bad they were um, that we seemed to just exploit a few holes in the second half. But Liam, if you got any of that. out of the FA Cup, yeah, it's better. all about survival now, I suppose. Do you think survival's on the cards and, and it would obviously be great for Albion fans that it started with Wolves, but obviously you don't, you don't seem very confident going into it. No, no I, I mean... I can't see it surviving. No, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I can't see it. I think Sheffield United having the start they had sort of masked the huge problem that we had. And when you saw, when you watch games like us against Fulham, when they beat us 2-0, and we looked nowhere near it, the games that we should be grinding, grinding out results from, even under Slav or under Big Sam, it's not happening. And he was meant to come in and bring some sort of defensive sturdy to the back four, stop leaking as many goals. But if anything, it's, it's a step backwards from what it was under Slav. And now we don't look like scoring either. So it's this is why the result of the weekend is so secondary to the larger problems that are at the club. And it sounds like a cop-out because the first time we played Wolves since Wolves have become what they are now compared to the last time we played you with Mick McCarthy and <laughs> Ebanks Blake and all these sorts of boys. But it sounds like a cop-out, but the reality is that we you know, we did lose 5-0 to Leeds. We did lose 5-1 to Crystal Palace and it's not getting any better. So the result, the, the problems are much bigger than this fixture. Ali, for you, who scares you the most in that Wolves starting eleven? <laughs> I don't know, to be honest. Um, I know you've got a lot of handy players and I think if you were to start um, Adama draw around the right, I'd probably be most afraid of him. But you don't seem to start him very much, do you? Is he injured a lot, is he? He had a, he had a knock the other night, but he might be back. We hope he's back. Right. If not, you're going to beat us. <laughs> <laughs> but when they, I, don't, I don't see why he doesn't start him because whenever you play him, he seems to terrorise defences. 
especially ours, would be ridiculous against him. I mean, I don't know who we're going to play left back that day. Uh, God, I hope to God it's not bloody Peltier because I don't know, I don't know what his thing is with him. But he seems to like him, probably just a you know edit, kick it sort of defender. Let's go around and do a score prediction. I'll start with you, Liam. I'm not going to be negative and go for a Wolves win, so I'm going to go with the best result I think we could get from the game, which is nil nil. That's the best result you think you can get. That's from the, the best game. result That's we can a... get from that game. Ali, I'm going to I'm going to speak with my blue and white eye and say Robert Snodgrass free kick. <laughs> uh, it's on. the wrong answer, actually. If you do, it'll be a set piece, won't it? Let's be honest. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, That's the only way we're going to score. And just finally, uh, Liam, biggest threat that Albion have. Ali, I've watched a lot of Albion this season. That's a difficult question to answer, but I, know I, think, that answer. I think set pieces. I think that was I think a good answer, pieces. mate. Yeah. <laughs> I think I say set pieces. You know, it's, it's Pulis yeah. ball again. We've I never you were... recovered from Pulis ball. I thought you were going to say a COVID nineteen outbreak. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Nah, I mean, yeah, it's hard to say. Set pieces. You know, yeah, we might be a danger. I think. But apart from that, I think that's that's your lot. Do yeah, either of you think you've got any chance of staying up? No. I don't. No, Where's I don't. No. no. Okay. Wow. I don't think it's. I mean, it's the, the teams that are crap are, are really crap. I mean, do you, do you think you fall into that category? I mean, <laughs> it reminds me of it reminds me of Derby back in 06, 07. Fucking that hell. It's where we go into bottom. games and we don't compete. <laughs> yeah, but this is the, this Sheffield United makes it look better than it is. Yeah. And when you look at the teams that are down there, like Brighton and like Fulham, when you watch us play those teams, it, they weren't close games. They were yeah. straightforward fixtures for those for those clubs. Yeah. So unless something big happens in January, I think that's that's it. I suppose the thing that like worried me looking at your last results is that you've lost like like battered to by Arsenal, Villa, and Leeds all at home, and that's yeah. that ain't a good sign, is it? Really? No. So you need to be picking no. up points at home. It doesn't matter who you're playing. I've got one point. question for you guys though, and this is something I've discussed with Harry at length quite a few times. Why do you think that Wolves are one of the only teams who have been in this sort of mid to upper tier of the Premier League but not not lost their key players Doherty aside Ashton Otter went as well obviously yeah Jota was the big one I think it comes down to it comes down to the philosophy I think for a lot of them that they buy into Nuno and, and a lot of the main ones it's like you know there's Bolly you know players that have been there since that championship season I think they, they buy into the idea of, of, of the end goal and it's all done his way. And I think he's quite a popular manager. You know, he's he's very rarely comes out and slates players. I know managers don't do that very much. That's but, you what know, worries what... me about this season though, Sam. Like the yeah, way we're, I, I know we're going to finish, we probably will end up finishing about 14th unless the injuries come back quick. And people like Neves, Raul, if he ever comes back and he's the same again, are probably going to look at it and think, yeah. I don't want to be hanging around here. I, you know, we, we nearly got into the Europa League again last year, Europe. That's what they went up be, isn't it? Some of our star players. And if, they don't, if they're not in that type of level, like European football, we won't be to keep hold of them I think there's a, there's a little bit of I think there's a little bit of payback as well in mind with the players because remember you know we talk about how great Jimenez is but he didn't make it at Benfica he didn't make it at Atletico Madrid either and he's come into Wolves at like 26, 27 years old and, and now is considered a world beater so I think there's a little bit of payback Adama Traore exactly the same didn't work out at Barcelona definitely didn't work out at Villa or Middlesbrough and he's, and he's hit some form and actually looking like a player and I think it's a, a little bit of Payback, you know, Willie Bolly is the same. You know, he's not 21 years old; he's what 29. So, I think I think that comes into it a little bit, which shows there's a little bit of loyalty in football, which you're probably not actually used to these days. Really. 
really, because it's all about the money, isn't it? The only other element is the manager that could that could yeah. move on, which we obviously hope and pray yeah. that he does every single day. Hopefully, Sam Allardyce will be available when he does it. <laughs> yeah, to keep us yeah, up. Yeah. Send, send <laughs> hope he will be. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah, well, we'll leave, we'll leave it there, and um, we'll get on and record some crap. Um, I think that's going to that's lift fun. everybody actually because I think we're, we're all massively depressed after the Everton game so thanks for that it's um, going yeah, no, like, to be meltdown <laughs> if we don't win <laughs> like, being honest oh, yeah. what I see yeah. on my Twitter yeah. I feel like Wolves fans are probably more scared than we are yeah, about this game that's the thing that's exactly anyway. but you lot yeah. see it as like a banana skin don't you yeah yeah absolutely we've got seven injuries with the way we've been playing the amount of players that are injured it's if you're if you're going to beat this wall team under Nuno you think you could have do it on Saturday I suppose the only thing for us is this is our cup final I know it's pathetic to say but we've got no expectation to, to stay in the league so if we can beat Wolves home and away then it's better you get, <laughs> well, if we're going to go down anyway then we'll take it I'll take that all day long Huddersfield did it down. Huddersfield did it so why yeah, not yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the away perspective what have our opponents got to say? Right, so there was a lot of us talking in the away perspective there, and Aaron hasn't heard any of that. But Aaron, what's your perspective of the Black Country derby? You, you've joined the party in 2010, didn't you? When you, you came over and ended up in a pub in Wolverhampton, the rest, as they say, is history. How much does this game mean to you? I'm so excited. It's on at 6:30 a.m. here, so I'm going to have to get up uh, at four to start drinking. I know I'm going to have to. <laughs> I know I'm going to have to be liquored up for it. Uh, I know my wife's going to hide my phone since I've, I've broken two phones uh, this season already during games. So I, I'm super excited to finally get them. I think my biggest frustration is this isn't the Wolves team. I've been waiting for this chance to play them with Nuno for a long time. And this wasn't the Wolves team I wanted to play them with. So, uh, you know, I'm nervous now and nervous and excited, but I, there's a lot of nerves. Do you think you've got enough booze in to contemplate even uh, anything but a win? Bloody Marys, at least three of them. Um, and and I'm, ex- I'm expecting us to dominate them. Um, but I admit to being nervous about them getting behind us. Just set your alarm for 9am, mate. Save the pain. Run out of bed, see if we've lost one nil, and just just yeah. move on with your day. <laughs> <laughs> just get on with it. Harry. Obviously, we, we've spoken about it before, but we'll, we'll do a score prediction. What are you going for? Oh wow, yeah. Uh, oh, I'm really, I'm, I'm like Aaron. You know, I'm really nervous. Um, it depends if a Dharma's fit. If a Dharma's fit, right, and maybe he starts mm-hmm. to throw instead of Fabio, but I don't think he will. I think we've got enough to be up for it and break them down and maybe win 2-0 late on hopefully fingers crossed I've got to be positive because I can't have us have them beating us Ailey score prediction uh, 1-0 West Brom tomato and goal no 5-1 <laughs> <laughs> no. it's going to be 5-1 you one imagine one. 12 you imagine <laughs> it takes us 12 games to score five. It's not, it's not going to happen, is it? Like, the thing is, with the injuries, I know we all said this, it's just it's a worry now because it looks like a banana skin. It's their cup final. The players that we've got around, the port, you know, apart from the English players, Cody, I mean, he's a scouser, they don't get the how much this game means, do they really? For them, it's a, it's a derby, but most of them are Portuguese or from the continent or wherever. So I hope, do, I hope do that... Do it make a difference they, if Gibbs White plays in that game? Maybe, actually, yeah. Maybe that's not mm. a bad thing for him to play because he didn't do too badly, even though he was given a, a tough role, let's be honest, against Everton. 
didn't do too badly. So maybe if, if you've got a bit of local blood flowing through there, you can at least make the point about how important this game is. I think most Wolves fans now, like myself, are just, it's a bit of a write-off season. But if we beat these twice and finish 14th, okay, whatever. But let's not finish 14th and lose to these twice. For God's sake, at least give us this after we wait so long. But... I mean, they're rubbish as well, aren't they? That's the thing. They've just, they're just, kind of, <laughs> they're, they're just been shipping goals for fun. They've been losing to nil at home against average teams like Leeds and Villa. I'm having Huddersfield nightmares, though. I felt the same way two years ago, and, and then I have those Huddersfield night, nightmares about this game. Give us a score prediction, Aaron. Two nil Wolves. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna go old system. We're gonna do, do, go five at the back. We're gonna play what we know. We're gonna use the experience. And it won't. It, we're going to put a pause on the new system for a second, and just must win this game. And I think Nuno gets that. I think you're going to see a conservative that, team. I take it that's Kilman coming in for somebody. Who's the somebody? Kilman, Cody, Sace, uh, Semedo. I, I guess the kid, the French kid. Yeah, maybe. But I think it's maybe Donk Neves and Matinho all in the middle, and maybe just two up front. And and I could see it being Silva Neto. But I would also be okay if maybe it's Adama Neto. I'm not sure. But I'd like to go five at the back. I'd like to counter. I'd like to pause the new way for just a moment and get this, secure this win. I don't care how we get it. I don't care if it's old, boring wolves. Get the goal and keep a clean sheet like we used to. I think you're playing, you're playing a Sam Allardyce team and you'd need a player up front who can head the ball. And Fabio Silva's got a 50p head, so play <laughs> for God's sake. Like, just please. We don't, we don't know if Catrone is any better with his head. He's got a bit of physicality about him, though, hasn't he? Let's be honest. We've seen him play before. He scored before in the Premier League from open play. It's meat on the bone, isn't it? Done. Yeah. So, Perfect. and it, you know, you know, you know, with Catroni, he'll run all day. He does really want it, even whatever happens. So, I'd, I'd like to see him start, but I don't think it will happen. But it's not going to be the five-one battering revenge that I hoped it's going to be. But I'm going to go with one-nil Wolves. Watching that Leeds game against them, it just seems if you run at them, they they brick themselves and go to crap. They are so fragile. Honestly, the, the result of that game depends so much on if, if Adama's fit or not. Because yeah, yeah. yeah, Adama against the championship team, let's be honest, should do well. True, true that. Uh, let's get your latest betting odds and ticket news. <laughs> Hello, betting fans. Not very interesting odds. Bit annoying, really. We're really short price favourites. There's a yeah, favourite. What's five one? Did you look that today? Oh, I rang about. <laughs> He's got it all planned <laughs> meticulously. Got it all fucking planned it all. It all worked out. A couple of interesting ones. Neves to score from outside the area, seven to one. He Ooh. scores inside now, doesn't he? We've then got some ridiculous odds. The one that I did like though, they they boosted it is um, Neto to score first. Wolves three one sixty six to one. Value. Oh my god! What's Semedo one nil Wolves? Just what's... wait. What's going on? But it worked out. He's got it worked out. Just, just let me do it. This is my bit, all right? <laughs> it's true. Sorry, I'm just so excited. It's like Christmas. Trey or eight score first. Two one wolves, thirty to one. It's getting a bit short on the um low they know wolves don't score many. So anything short short goals is short priced. Except for one all Nathan Semedo to score first, which is two hundred to one. He's gonna score the winner. What's, what's one nil what's one nil Semedo? Come on. I'll have to dig yeah, it out. The only other one I've got, and the one that I've got to put some money on is Fabio <laughs> Silva to score first. 5-1 Wolves, only 175 to 1. That is short, isn't it? Considering it is short. That is, that's what crazy. do you want, Jack? Price, What price are Albion? Just in general, about 8 to 1. Like that. I mean, I might, I'm tempted just to put 50 quid on Albion win just to numb the pain a little bit, to be honest. <laughs> Albion is 6 to 1 on Skybet. 6 to breaking, 1? That must be the first time in a very... If not ever, that that's been 
That's been Aaron, are you going to back Albion just in case? I don't think so. I'm looking at the, <laughs> I'm looking at the under. I can't bet them. That would be disgusting. But I'm going to look at the under. Uh, all the unders. Is for, I, I just don't think there's a lot of goals in this. What did you want, Jack? One nil Semedo. One nil Semedo. It's 110 to one. That and is it short. Has isn't it? just been put on. Oh, well, there you go, uh, Jack. Any ticket news out there? Have you uh, booked anything into? Uh... No, until we've uh, had our jab. Yeah, I've yeah. not booked anything really. Has anyone booked anything interesting? No. Oh, I did speak. Here we to... go. Here we go. <laughs> Many bags. Wait, wait, where are you going? I've booked, I've, booked holiday. I've booked holiday for September. <laughs> wait, where, where are you going? going? Disneyland. Where? Where? Round the med. Round the med. Huh? Who's that? On a cruise ship. Yeah. The COVID hotspot of a cruise ship. Oh my God. Imagine you on a cruise ship. Oh, I'm immune. I'm immune. Man overboard. <laughs> uh, right, Kate. Uh, let's talk about the potential of a European Super League. No. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about it. You can fucking crack on. Right, okay. Um, one of the the reasons that we got Aaron was to, to get the American perspective, the, the, the global spectator side of things. I know Nuno's come out um, this week in his press conference, it's before the Everton game, talking about he was worried that coronavirus could put an end to football as we know it if fans don't get back inside stadiums. Now, that could open up the possibility of a European Super League. We've talked on the podcast before about how we don't like that idea, but one person that is fighting the corner of the European Super League is our friend in America, Aaron Eversole. Aaron, just why why do you want to ruin our football? But <laughs> <laughs> I... Look, I want to be BFFs with all of my friends in England, but and I'm sure this answer will stink, but it's a it's a great American solution. Can I just um, say using the word BFF is going to get you no friends? <laughs> say that I'm not going to have any friends. <laughs> I'm okay pissing everybody off today, so I'm going to use all my... That, it's an awesome idea just to really piss everyone off. But I, it's an American solution. Um, you know, here watching all of the teams play each other, the 90% of the American fans here are fans of the top 14 teams around the world. Um, there's a few of us that love these other teams, but you know, the pubs are empty when it's uh, Burnley Fulham, or even if it's Manchester uh, Burnley, they're half full. But if every single week um, the super teams are playing each other, the pubs will be packed. The TV ratings will be good. It will be consistent. Um, and, and Americans were used to our league's constantly changing. We're used to teams being created out of thin air or even moving. It's something that's easier to swallow here. It will be hugely popular, especially to the restaurants, the bars, the TV. Um, and I, I think it's going to be exceptional. Now, obviously, I wish Wolves were in it, but I think it's a brilliant idea that's going to work. Other people are going to say, well, you've got Champions League for that. The problem with Champions League is those teams play maybe a couple of times. You might get lucky and get a good matchup, except for the final. But those are on Wednesday in the middle of the workday. Uh, it's consistently on the weekends we're seeing Real Madrid play Chelsea. It's going to be hugely popular here. And there are going to be a lot more new fans and not just the hardcore ones who have to kind of chase around these different starting times. Um, so I think it's brilliant. I think it's going to be huge. And I, I think, you know, from an American standpoint, it's going to be hugely successful. I'm excited about it. Um, I just want to bring in the person that said he did not want to get involved in this conversation, but he's clearly been riled enough <laughs> to, to bring him in now. So Jesus. we will unleash the bailiffs. Jesus. Anything that benefits a country that can't even use the correct name for the sport should <laughs> fuck off and die. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs> um, Harry, are you warming to the idea of, of seeing those big fixtures every week? I think the difference... 
Actually, I'll just let you answer that question before. No, not at all. Look, I can see from Aaron's point of view why he, you know, over in America, obviously it would work, wouldn't it? But it's a British game at the end of the day and it's been commercialised enough over the years. It's all about money these days. Go back to the 90s, football is all about the local community and fans supporting the club. And, you know, if they want to grow the game and they do it, fair enough, but I will not be happy about it. And I'll slightly fall out of love with the game a little bit more than I have over the last 10 years. What if your YouTube views go through the roof? Because it's <sighs> going to happen eventually. Yeah, yeah, no. Well, if Raul Jimenez, Raul Jimenez leaves, I won't do YouTube anyway, so there we go. Harry, are you really comfortable with only seven teams with a chance to win uh, the title in England? Seven, eight teams, maybe one random here or there. It's, like, there's only a certain number of teams that have a chance. There's no parity over there, and I think that's a problem You know that at some point has to be addressed or viewers are just going to keep leaving. Uh, it's why it's the best league, because you get teams from the bottom that do occasionally beat the big teams. That's why it's better than the Spanish-German... Italian as a money league. as a money maker that's that's not the point is it it's it's getting the big games to get the crowds in to pack out the bars sell the subscriptions I guess Jack would you would you buy into the European Super League or would you knock it on the head or would you just carry on as normal supporting Wolves whatever league no? come on Jack I mean, I'd absolutely hate <laughs> the idea but I can see. I can see why it makes financial sense. There's no denying it. It really does. The sort of globalization of the EPL has has been ongoing now for quite a while. And I never really thought about the the midweek thing. Like Aaron said, if you can play those games against these big teams, I mean, we know firsthand how many we went to bars in America to watch a, a game, and you're seeing Man United, Liverpool, Arsenal shirts everywhere. Very, very few Wolf shirts or anyone further down. So the Jack, focus is solely on relevant. the big six. I'm Wolves not saying I'm irrelevant. I'm not saying I want it to happen. I'm just saying you can see the thinking behind it. But the problem is now you've got these very big clubs in the EPL with American owners who've got that idea in their heads and it's not going to go away, but I agree it would kill. It would kill the English game. But if they want to go and do it and it means they can't play and we'll just play amongst ourselves. Yeah, I think you're hitting on a huge point that needs to be discussed and that's the American owners in the EPL. If you look at Arsenal and Sam Kroenke, what he wants is what he's got with his with the NFL and his team. He gets guaranteed money every single year. There's no worry of going down. There's a salary cap on players. All the teams spend the same amount, so he doesn't have to overspend or underspend. Everything's already covered. He wants that security with a guarantee of making bank. So whether you like the idea or not, the infiltration of um, you know from the Liverpool owner. Um, my sports, you know, to the, to, to Arsenal. Yeah. Those, those people are used to the, the U S way of really what is our professional sports, which is socialism. It is this, we're always in a group. There's no relegation or promotion. We share all the dollars equally. We spend equally and we're guaranteed to win every single time. It, I think it will. It, it's an oligarchy. That's exactly what it is. Absolutely. And, right. and you never have to play someone from a different league so that if you lose, you don't get embarrassed. You can claim you're the world champion because you only play each other. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's an easy way to do it. That's why we, we call ours the world. You, you also have teams that intentionally lose games to get better picks next year because of the salary cap, <laughs> which is the most horrendous thing on earth. You can't any competition. There's no relegation fight, which actually makes half the league interesting when it'd only be the top of the league. After four or five games in a super league, if Man United are sitting seventh, absolutely true. Very fair points about the bottom, but when Liverpool's and Manchester city are 40 points away, the U S playoff system of their professional sports, all those teams go back to equal and anyone can win in the playoffs. So sometimes the top in England can get a little stale, 
Uh, you already know who's going to be the winner and we're a third of the way through the season in those U S sports markets. It's not over until the playoffs and the world champions crowned after that. So it keeps it interesting the entire way. I'm not saying it's right. I'm sure I understand why you guys don't like it. I'm simply saying there are positives and negatives to both systems. I, for, I actually don't America's mind the good. playoff model. The playoff model works really well in Speedway. It, but not for football. It, well, probably not for football, but it does have its place, I think. But at the same time, I was just thinking then about what you were saying about this this team from another league can never beat them, beat the top teams. But I'm guessing it's probably what we're going to talk about next, but that FA Cup draw has made me really, really fall back in love with the FA Cup again. I think it's brilliant. So you'd miss out on things like that, wouldn't you? Harry, is this going to be a clash of cultures? We, we look at American sport and it's, it is a moneymaker. It's a, it's a huge machine in terms of finances. The difference I found when we especially when we went over to the US and when we were watching uh, baseball games, Jack and I went to, to ice hockey as well, is that the passion is completely different with sport over there. People get more excited with the veteran that walks on and they play the national anthem than they do in that, that rivalry and that atmosphere that's generated through passion for your club. Yeah, well, that, that's the key word. It's the cultural thing, isn't it? Like, it shocked me a bit when I went over because obviously I'm so used to going to watch Wolves of football. And that when we went to that baseball game, like it's just so different, isn't it? Fans mixing as well is a strange thing to me. Like you know, like fans mixing with each other. I know it's a different sport in baseball and things like that, but I can understand why Aaron's you coming. You that woman, didn't you? So that was well out of order. That is the way that it was done. So. They don't know love. They don't know hate. They don't know loss. They don't know hope. We have been through so such bad times as Wolves fans. That's why we relished every second of getting into the Premier League, yeah. going on European run. Like everything to us is, is graciousness. It is, it's, it's been fought for. Whereas if you're an Ameri- if you're a team in a league where you can't go down, you can't go up, everyone's got the same money, no fortunes change. You might have a good year, one year, the year after it doesn't matter. You know, it's all a bit mm, samey and, I, I think that's linked. a really fair statement as a Wolves fan myself. It's a hard work. It's hard work, you know, being a Wolves fan, different than my local teams here, St. Louis Cardinal baseball. We're, you're right. We have a bad season. All right. We'll be there next year. And we're going to spend the same amount. And we can, we can always, money's never going to be a worry. Um, TV's never going to be a worry. You know, when, if we're going to get sold, we're guaranteed to be sold to a billionaire, for example. It is hard work being a Wolves fan, you know, chasing the different leagues, finding the different times. Um, and, and that makes it very rewarding. And it's why I love Wolves more than I love anything else in sport. But if you want to make it global and get more fans, uh, that hard, not everybody's willing to put in that hard work. And if they, if they want to turn the money like they want to, they're going to have to make it easier. I also don't want the Wolves to be moved to be in the Albuquerque isotopes as well, because that would just be rubbish. Aaron, what, why do you think there is that that difference in culture that, that you don't seem to get excited or as as angry when you lose? I think I think that we do get you know I think that you guys aren't seeing maybe you didn't go to all those games where we do get excited. Baseball is a hundred and sixty three game season, totally different kind of sport. I've been I've at least seen cricket on TV, um, and now you know I don't always see a lot of crazy screaming there either. To be fair, I think we do feel those things. I think the bigger difference that I've seen when I go to Wolves is there are generations, the love, the passion, the hard work it takes um, to, to be a, a fan of football in England is different than here. It is a little bit easier here, but I think it's a mistake to say there's not that. But passion. we went to your biggest if derby. We went to a green. We went to your biggest derby. We went to Chicago Cubs versus 
And to, be, and to be fair, Dan, we play, the, play them 27 times a year. That's baseball. But if it's <laughs> Chicago Bears versus the Green Bay Packers, there is a lot of passion there. Uh, we are pretty spread out, too. I can go to a game with you guys to, one of our, to a rivalry game, and it's a one-and-a-half-hour train ride. For us sometimes to get to our rivals, that's six hours in the car. We're not going. <laughs> there aren't as many rival fans in the stadium. Um, you know, our closest rival is a five-and-a-half-hour drive away. So there's not a lot of, of away fans that, that mix. And so it does lose some of that. It totally makes sense. But to say we're not as passionate about our sports, I don't think that's necessarily true. On that point of traveling to games, you don't want to go because it's six hours. How is Manchester United versus Barcelona every two weeks going to generate a crowd that makes a difference? I think it'll generate a home crowd that I think there will be a small amount, a thousand fans that are hardcore Manchester United fans that are going to go. And Manchester United fans and all the teams we're talking about, they aren't local fans. Most Manchester United fans I know don't live in Manchester. Um, <laughs> they so couldn't even find I, on a map, Aaron. Yeah, I don't, think you, the top 14, I don't think the 14 teams we're talking about going in the Super League are going to have a problem getting their fans to games. These are global teams with global fan bases. They're going to have no problem getting 70,000 to every single game instead of getting instead of a Manchester United at Bournemouth for, with 9,000 people and everybody already knows who's going to win. Do you know what, though? There's something interesting. There's something that I love as being a football fan about going to those random away games. There is something cool about going to Surely. Bournemouth Bay or Luton in the Cup or something nonsense. There really is. Mm. Perfect. Well, it's food for thought, isn't it? It's, a, it's an interesting subject. But on, on the subject of, um, of cup games, obviously, we, we've got to talk about the draw um, in the FA Cup and... Harry, Chorley away, written in the stars. Yeah, it was it was quite funny, wasn't it, when it came out and the history behind it and all the jokes and the, it was just so funny. And then obviously the draw after as well. But hopefully we beat Chorley. Um, it'd be embarrassing if we didn't after this <laughs> mad reaction. And we've got a little passage in the cup now, haven't we, if the draw falls nicely after we beat Chorley. And great ties. It's just a shame that uh, all the super fans can't go. Aaron, what does the FA Cup mean to you? I, I like it because it's got this sense of teams from the the really different teams playing each other. I'm so how do you back the Super League? Because <laughs> it's a nice novelty. It, it is a nice novelty. I'm not saying get rid of the FA Cup, but uh, you know, it, it, it's I'm excited about this game. I'm excited about this draw, but it's been a while since I've been excited about a Wolves draw. I'll admit mm. that. Except for going to the semifinals, I, uh, the last FA Cup game that got me super excited was Chelsea at home. What was that? Four years ago, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. Two now. That was the last time I got as excited I am for Chorley. So, yes, this is a great draw. And I'm, I guess I'll be the only one that says I was not there. Um <laughs> But I'm excited for the draw, but to, you know these have been rare for us to, to get a draw that excites me. So I'm excited for the game. Jack, you mentioned it there that it was a, a draw that made you fall in love with the Cup again. Obviously, we've had the heartbreak of Wembley. We don't like to talk about it. We know this, but yeah. are you starting to get excited? Um, it was a favourable draw. We don't normally get favourable draws, do we? We usually have to do it the hard way, particularly last season where we got Man United in the third round. I mean, when we had Liverpool in the in the, in the third round as well the year before didn't we so it's mm. nice to actually get the lowest seeded team in the competition it's nice to have that little bit of nostalgia about it obviously all of us here we are too uh, too young for that really so we don't remember the, the Chorley the three games against Chorley but our parents and grandparents all say it straight away oh massive upset when Chorley beat Wolves so it's got a nice little ring about it and 
when you were watching the games over the weekend and you were watching um, particularly like the Marine game, the Stockport game, so not, not so much, but these games against these non-league clubs and you think about how it helps so much when you've got a game with the ticket sales and everything, like obviously those Marine fake tickets and I know that, um, I know that uh, Chorley are doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, these virtual ones, that revenue keeps those clubs going for years and it's just, it is a great competition. Don't let anybody ever tell you that the FA Cup isn't a great competition because it is. The people who are telling you it's not are the American owners. <laughs> I think I think the um, it, it brings fans closer back to football as well. The fact that Marine had an actual bin man playing, you know, it's it's just quality. The fact that it's, it's genuine people that do normal jobs and play football in their spare time going out against Delhi Alley who earns what 150 200 grand a week and is a superstar international footballer that's why the FA Cup's mad Dan you've always been an advocate haven't you for the cup and it, it, it would just be great to have that run wouldn't it I love the cup I, I've, I always enjoy the cup even though I said that I didn't give a toss about it last week um, <laughs> it would be unlike you to go back on something you said though because, because it was Palace and Palace is just such a boring nothing game every time we play them and we it, I didn't give a toss about us going out because of how we're getting on the league. But if you have a chance to have a cup run, then we should take it because it's it's good fun for the fans. Perfect. Well, we're gearing up for the Black Country Derby. It's going to be intense. It's going to be tears. We don't know who's yet, but but there will be some. Uh, Aaron, don't kill your liver. Uh, Jack, same for you. Harry, yours has had loads of practice. Uh, and and Bayless, Bayless, the same too. Well, uh, we'll leave it there. And uh, thank you for Aaron. To, for joining us today I know um, you've been off some meetings so there's going to be some huge clients whose uh, websites have dropped off the face of the earth because he's joined us today um, <laughs> I love you, uh, we, 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 we appreciate your time and uh, it's a goodbye from Harry Manson see you everyone Dan Bayliss bye Wolves fans I'll calm down next week unless we lose <laughs> Jack Williams let's beat the pricks ta and it's goodbye from me goodbye Sports Social Podcast Network with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.